1: Today is Sunday, October twenty eighth, two thousand eighteen, and this is Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your. Boston Celtics. Evan Valenti filling in for Adam Kaufman here on this Sunday. Today's show featuring Celtics blog, Sam Sheehan, is brought to you in part by DraftKings. Go to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code Celtics to support the show and play for free with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today's show is also brought to you by Robinhood. Get a free stock. When you sign up at Celtics.robinhood.com and today's show is finally brought to you by one in one hundred. Log on to one in one hundred. That's O N E I N One Zero Zero dot C O and get a free raffle ticket when you sign up. Feel lucky, give it a shot today. Evan Valenti here on uh, something Speed here on a Sunday, filled in for Adam Kaufman. Adam is doing uh, World Series stuff for WBZ for the Red Sox, uh, and he's doing stuff for us too, by the way. He's doing stuff for CLNS uh, as well. Uh, so he is taking this week off. Evan Valenti filling in for Adam, giving you the same spiel. Make sure you go to our YouTube page and subscribe to CLNS Media on our YouTube page to the 18,000 of you that do subscribe. You guys are the friggin' best i love you guys uh, also follow me on twitter at evan valenti e v a n v a l e n t i um and uh add me back next week also check out our website CLMS media and just wanna like just prepare you for what's about to happen here on this podcast this podcast is't go off the rails immediately um <laughs> it's just gonna be a complete uh a complete uh, bleep show essentially. Um I've got in trouble for swearing on podcasts so I have to I have to tone it down. But we welcome in Southern's Blog Sam Sheehan. Sam, um, do you wanna pre- prepare our guests or our guests, our our listeners for what the hell might happen here? It's gonna be weird. Uh-
0: uh, look, I, I understand this is a family show, so I'm, I'm gonna I'll keep it PG thirteen. Right. Um, you know, I, I just I, all I have to say is that um, I blame Kobe Bryant for every single one of the Celtics' losses this season, and it's entirely his fault. And I, I encourage you know all what? listeners to uh, you know take it out on Kobe.
1: I Kungu put up a cool stat the other day about Tatum's long twos, and that is completely Kobe's fault. I mean, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, a one hundred percent. This is like um. This is like kind of like when Michael Myers, like you think he's dead, and then he just like <laughs> rises up from beyond the grave. Like this is like, oh, I'm done hating Kobe now, and then it's like the WrestleMania gif of the Undertaker bursting yeah. out of the coffin and sitting up. That that that's Kobe coming back for like one more thing to like ruin ruin our young he, son, like, J. yeah,
1: yeah.
0: No, oh, God, it's it's not it's not. I mean, it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world to see him. You know, kind of have that shot because I think that shot is going to be important, you know, in the postseason. Um, that's a more useful shot, you know, particularly like late in the shot clock when defenses are tightening up. Um, I think it has use um, where it doesn't have use is like in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock. Yeah, <laughs> like against every every team in the Orlando magic when like, you know, you're kind of trying to build cohesion um, on your first unit and kind of trying to figure out where everyone's at
1: Mamba mentality, man. It feels good to hate Kobe Bryant again. That's always good. I like that. I like when we, we can do that. I'm going to let you do this. Cause I, I, you are so passionate about this, but I am <laughs> going to let you take a, a, a lap if you will, because Lil B the base, God did give a shout out to and Ropa this week. And yeah. uh, that is completely your wheelhouse. So yeah, if, that, you that, wanna, if you want to if you want to take a lap and educate the the people well, a little just, bit about this video game that has taken over weird Subject Twitter, then be my well, guest, my friend.
0: No, I I just I'll, I'll touch in here real quick. You know, yeah. little be the base God has the ability to curse and bless um, everything at will, and he has you know given his blessing to one of my favorite video games in Danganronpa. So I I, I very much. Uh, appreciate that because uh, it's something I've tried to, you know, it's one of the two things I love besides the Celtics. So, um, you know, thank, thank you, Lil B, um, for, for shouting that out and for cursing Kevin Durant, um, who spurned to the Celtics. So, you know, he didn't know that at the time, but
1: he did curse now Kevin. Now he does. Um, yep. let, me, let me get you a real quick, your impression so far, because I'm not going to lie, I've been a little, not, uh, I should rephrase this better. I'm disappointed. It's just been a kind of a weird start to the season, so I feel like weird Celtics Twitter is like kind of not off to a good start. I mean, last year I feel like it was just primetime meme-making and mm-hmm. everybody was making good memes. I think we it, might it have memed ourselves. I think with the Time Lord stuff and, and mm-hmm. obviously with Hebert of Riffs, mm-hmm. you know, really hammering the Time Lord stuff, like that has worked with Robert Williams. But other than that, I feel mm-hmm. like WCT uh, – has been a little lackluster this year. I think it's just because we're—is t- it too early? I think.
0: No, no, it's it's back on track. I don't know if you saw uh, Tom Wester, home of Mass Live. Um, he actually did a piece where he, um, with Robert Williams, called Hebert on speakerphone and had Hebert explain the Time Lord nickname to him. So, um, <laughs> if you haven't, uh, if you haven't, it's one of the, it's it is literally really good. the greatest piece of journalism I've ever read in my entire life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Robert, I think Robert's review is, uh, I could, bl- I could blank with this. So yeah. <laughs> definitely check that out. It's great work there by Tom. But I think, I think, you know, it's, weird Celtics Twitter is all about, you know, sort of joy and sort of, you know, uh, kind of, you know, rejecting, um, sort of the norms and, you know, sort of being weird. And, you know, the Celtics kind of came in uh, the favorites, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think that, you know, there really hasn't been a lot to, you know, kind of sort of celebrate and, like, you know, be weird about early in the season because there's just been some, like, pretty ugly games besides that first night when they, you know, blew out the um, – you know, and they kind of blew out the Sixers. I know they didn't literally blow them out, but it felt like no, they, they, blew, them out. Out. they yeah, blew them out. They blew them
1: out. I wrote yeah. I wrote off the Sixers completely after that game. Yeah. It was game one of 82. I was like, no, Sixers are done. <laughs> They're cooked. Yeah. They have no chance. If they can't beat a Celtics team that is, like, coming back from the dead here uh, mm-hmm. and they lost by, like, what, 17 was the final score? Yeah, they have no right. chance. But uh, I do want to get into that because that, that last thing you just kind of pointed out, this season's been kind of weird. It's a, it's just it the it, it's lack of cohesion everywhere, right? It's just been a little <laughs> herky jerky all in in all the five games so far that we've seen. And there's a game rec- we're recording this uh on a on a Friday. This is gonna you know come out Sunday, so we're missing the game on Saturday at seven o'clock. But <laughs> so far, just a lot of disjointedness between the subjects team that's usually praised for being a really complete unit, whether it's the starters or the bench. In terms of this season so far, she and what has bothered you the most about this Celtics team in terms of like on-court production? I, I I really just think
0: it's I mean this isn't going to shock anybody but it's the it's the way they're running the offense. Um, it, you, there you know there have been a lot of long twos and I, you know I'm not I, I'm an analytics guy but I'm also you, you know I, I I think the Houston model is probably a little bit too far. You know I think I think you do take. Um, open looks, but you also got to be conscientious, um, you know, of when you're taking them. Um, you know, the long twos are always going to be there. A defense will always give you um, a long two, and I think taking them early in the shot clock and not working for something better um, is something we've kind of seen the Celtics do a lot of this year, and I, I think that that has affected um some things i think it's affected you know how they've run the offense so he- here's an interesting stat and i kind of wrote this up for celtics blog and i was just checking to make sure that it's still um you know relevant and it is um the celtics currently um still lead the nba per nba.com in uh, open field goal attempts so that it w- open and wide open so that's either the closest defender is either four to six feet away or six feet away so the celtics are getting open shots um This is more kind of about the quality of the shots, you know what I'm saying, though, because these wide open shots, you know, the Celtics fall the fourth um, when you you move it over to the threes and you're looking at how many wide open threes that they're getting. And as far as open threes, you move that over and the Celtics drop all the way, I think, down to sixth. So the Celtics are, are taking the open twos. And I think that. If they want to, you know, make this offense look a little bit better, they've got to not be as enchanted by that. Um, And I think part of that is, you you know, I I don't want to get, you know, make this sound like it's the end of the world. But I think there is a little bit of truth to, you know, some of the worries that people might have had in the season about kind of getting all these guys together. Um, I think it's going to get figured out but you know guys are obviously kind of don't want to step on each other's toes and at the same time are kind of getting their shots up where they can take them So if they see themselves, you know, open with a long two with, you know, what, 18, 17 on the shot clock, they're taking it. And I think that's going to be kind of the next step for this offense is to work in for something better. Look for, um, you know, make the ball hit the paint and then make the pass out of it. Um, You know, by the same token, um, not overpassing. I think in the Orlando game we saw, you know, the Celtics weren't able to hit shots and Al Horford in particular – you know, I think he was one for seven from three that game because their game plan was to sort of, you know, pull Nick Vucevic out of the paint and put, you know, you know their I think it was DJ Augustine was their point guard, you know, make him and Vucevic, you know, the primary defenders with a 1-5, um, you know, pick and pop. And, you know, Al kind of started, you know, overpassing his way out of a, a, little, a little bit by the end of the game because he wasn't quite hitting his shot. So I think that's going to be the next step for the Celtics offense. Now, I still think that they... You know, I think it's pretty clear they're not going to be like the best at um, offense in the NBA, especially the way we've seen the league look um thus far with all the points that everybody's getting up on the board. But I do think that that, you know this will, be an offense that settles in as, you know, kind of a top 10 unit versus like, you know, I think they finished 18th last year, you know, given all the injuries. But I think once Gordon Hayward has his legs back under him, once Kyrie Irving has his legs back under him, and once, you know, Brad Stevens and the team figures this out, this is going to be a very good offensive team. It's just they haven't hit their shots early. And, you know, also on top of that, they haven't... um, They haven't really been able to, you know, make teams pay. Celtics currently on open three-pointers, still shooting 20% even after kind of getting back on track um, against the Thunder a little bit. So that's still obviously quite bad, and I expect them to be much better
1: than that. Quick break from Sam Sheen to tell you today's show is brought to you by DraftKings. Basketball season is finally here. You know what that means. It's time to put your basketball knowledge to the test with one day fantasy basketball at DraftKings. DraftKings is giving away over 400 400- million dollars in prizes this season. That's more than 10 times what the Lakers are paying LeBron. That's 10 times more than LeBron. That's how much money is at stake here. Get in on the action today. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. Whether you're a beginner or an expert or anything in between, you can find a way to make money. Drafting your team is simple. Just select 8 players and stay under the $50,000 salary cap. And look at what's going on in the NBA right now. Look at some of the guys out there that put up numbers. I mean, obviously Giannis is a guy you're going to want to have, or Anthony Davis is a guy to build the team around. But also look for values. Like, I don't know how much Zach Levine is going for, but he, right now might be good buy low time. Or Karis Levert of the Nets. I don't know how many guys in the Nets are worth a whole lot, but Karis Levert is putting up numbers. Put them on your team and win some cash today. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into money. So download the app or head over to DraftKings.com right now. And use our code CELTICS to support the show and play free with your first deposit. And remember, there will be $400 million in total prizes up for grabs throughout the season. That's the code CELTICS to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit, eligibility, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, you know, I I don't worry. Everybody's you know up in arms with the Celtics offense. I'm not worried about it. You got to remember, like you go back to not everybody's going to be that 07 08 Celtics team that just immediately gels right away and they like rattle off how many wins ever they rattled off, right? So it's not right. always going to be that way. Sometimes you get the LeBron and in Miami years where the first year there in Miami wasn't the greatest start, but they got their act together by December. Then all of a sudden by January February they're just rolling over teams. And then, you know, that first year they didn't win the championship, and the next two they win, obviously, but they go to, you know, how many straight finals, four straight finals or whatever, and, you know, they, they roll off that dynasty. So I'm not – the offense, all the stats you listed, like those are the things that I love about this offense. They've had so many open looks, and they're just not hitting open shots. Like they're, those are going to fall eventually. Now, the point of the offense sometimes does – they take – they settle for something early in the shot clock, and when they could get something better later in the shot clock that I happen to agree with you with, like that does bug me when, you know, you have got, and, and the pace of the game has been so different this year. And i a billion people have written about how this game has been sped up a little bit. Um, but I do think that Boston needs to do a little bit of a better job in their half court sets, trying to, to, you know, get not, not the first option, the first read in in the, in the offense, but, you know, try to dig a little deeper and, and, and you know, passing up a good shot for a better shot. Those are the things that are really the hallmarks of a Brad Stevens offense, you know, and and you hear Scalabrini talk about all the time in the past couple of years, and you just mentioned how Boston needs to find a way to get more paint touches and get more, you know, guys' shots around the rim and guys going to the free throw line. And you have so many guys in this offense that can at least get into the paint, whether it's Kyrie or Tatum or Brown or Rozier. Um, Those guys specifically, because of their burst and their athleticism, have usually no trouble getting into the lane. But it seems like the Celtics have fallen such in love with a lot of their jump shots, and especially Tatum, who's taking a lot of these long twos. But the one thing that does bug me offensively about this team is the lack of paint touches, and we all know – how crucial that is to Boston's success, because, and we all know, you know, the best way to get a, a three-point shot or a three-point shooter in rhythm is to get that kickout pass from the inside, so they have a good look at it and they can see the ball coming at them and still take, keep their eyes on the hoop. Um, that's that's usually where the with the Celtics thrive those kickout passes, and we haven't seen too many of those so far this year.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, the Celtics are currently. Right now, uh, number one in two point field goal frequency um, when open. you know what I'm saying? So the, you know the, the the looks are open, um, but they're also taking it. You know what I'm saying. And you know to the to the point of them being you know jump shots or you, you know not falling, I think Celtics are fifth from the bottom with a forty two percent field goal percentage on the um, on their two pointers, which is you know not good. you I, I think that you know Brad Stevens, you, you know, an open shot is an open shot. But I think more just from sort of watching the games in and out and looking at how the Celtics want to run their offense, I mean maybe maybe I'm being a little bit selfish here, but I just I think this team is too offensively talented to be uh, you know settling for long two pointers with you know 14 seconds or more on the shot clock. I think that you know, you have so many different options, so many different ways to attack, collapse the defense, create a mismatch. you, you know, there's just so many other ways. To at least at least try to get a shot at the rim or an open three pointer before you know kind of settling for what the defense is going to give you and along to that I I just I feel like that this is we're not gonna see we're we're not gonna see that hold up you know what I'm saying and I think it's also going to you, you know once the Celtics start hitting their shots you know too I think it's also going to open things up a little bit because teams will play them at least a little bit differently. Um, and I really think, and you know, not to mention on top of all of this, the Celtics are going to be all right because they are by far, and I mean by far, the number one defensive team um, in the NBA right now, like in terms of just points per game and all of that, like, like and astronomically, like five points ahead or something like that.
1: Another quick break to tell you today's show is brought to you by the Robin Hood. It's never a bad time to start thinking about your investment portfolio, whether you're looking to buy or sell stocks. Crypto, ETFs, make sure you sign up for Robinhood. And I know markets can be complicated, okay? I have no clue what I'm doing. But Robinhood makes everything easy for you. Robinhood is going to build you your own customized news feed right when you sign up. They sort certain stocks for you in different collections, like the 100 Most Popular, or social media, or pharmaceutical, and you'll learn more about it as you go along. It'll kind of build off your preferences. Get started today. Sign up is extremely easy, and all it takes is four taps on your phone to start trading. And the best part is Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You keep... All of your profits, it's still in your pocket. Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple or Ford or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up today at Celtics.Robinhood.com. That's Celtics.Robinhood.com for a free stock as soon as you sign up. Back to Sam. <laughs> uh, I think the only thing that really confuses me about the Celtics team, again, other than the open miss jump shots, you look at their rebounding numbers, and this is the weirdest stat. And, like, so my eyes tell me without Aaron Baines, the Seeds have struggled to rebound in the basketball. Like, it's pretty obvious if we take the big, you know, man from Australia out of the paint like they, they're just going to struggle in that area, right? So I was uh, just my eye test tells me they're struggling. And then you look at the rebounds per game leaders, and the Southwicks actually are seventh in the NBA in rebounding. You're like, well, wait a minute. that Doesn't make any sense because that means they're good at rebounding. But then you look at the, what they're averaging on the other end. They actually allow more rebounds. Their opponents are out rebounding them by a very small margin. But their opponents are out rebounding them, which it comes back to the eye testing Where I'm like, this team is not a great rebounding team if they're missing guys, which is no duh, right? If they don't have, you know, a guy that's six foot ten and is built like the Hulk, you know, if they don't have that guy in the paint, like they're going to struggle right. in that end. But I just have flashbacks into. A, a Celtics team that would struggle to rebound the basketball. We've this has been a problem right. for a couple of years. Last year was a little more shored up because they brought Baines in, but this year, you know, you have no Baines, and all of a sudden those numbers kind of suffer, and you kind of have, you know, you, you you get reverted back to a time where you know the, the possessions were a little bit diceier on the defensive end because they couldn't get defensive rebounds and finish possessions. So mm-hmm. you go back to one of the. I'm not saying hot takes, but one of the themes of this summer was I, I think everybody like, is Simmons has now coined like the, the hot take uh studio analyst thing. People forget that Aaron Baines is really good at basketball. Like actually, yes. I think people don't actually really consider what Aaron Baines brings to the table. Like I know he's fun and, you know looks like a viking and shoots threes more than ben simmons does but you know when you when you get down to it like the things that he does do very well rebound the basketball defend bigger bigs like the celtics are currently missing that and if this injury lingers at all that's going to be a problem i uh,
0: yeah i i think it'll be a problem but i also i i i mean the celtics have sort of um They've struggled at, at times with rebounding the basketball. I know it was I know it was a problem in the Orlando game, or I'm um, sorry, in the uh, Oklahoma City game. But that's also Oklahoma City. That's kind of what they do: is they they gang rebound because they nobody on that team can shoot, and they they know they have to, and they know that the attempts are going to be there. You, they've just built with guys like you know Jeremy Grant, um, Stephen Adams in particular, and you know Russell Westbrook, uh, the, all these guys who crash the glass. <laughs> And uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen guys like Kyrie Irving had some big rebounds down the stretch of that Oklahoma City game, and we've seen, you know, Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier are guys who are extremely plus rebounders for their size. So, uh, you know, sort of to me, what Aaron Baines's value, like the, the rebounding, it's more about, um, you know, kind of having someone to sort of screen and open things up and put big bodies on guys because. You know, just having another big body out there so you can, you know, sort of run some, some of these double screen sets or, you know, have someone screening um, off ball while someone screens on ball and, you know, running more of these complex actions and just because of like how solid he is. I don't know. I guess I'm less worried about rebounding at this point in the season that, that, than I am about just about the offense, just because I I, I see some things that could turn into habits um and i would be significantly more worried if uh the man on our bench was not Brad Stevens. Yeah. I'll put it that way.
1: Yeah. That's why i'm not worried about the offense cuz Brad usually right. find a way to to figure that out but rebounding sometimes is something you can't really scheme, right? That's got to be right. you know, that's an effort thing and that's just a sheer size thing. And you mm-hmm. look around the NBA like there are teams that can Boy, the Celtics around, you know, if Aaron Baines especially was, isn't healthy. Like, you look at, you know, I have flashbacks of Jonas Valanciunas having like 14, 15, 16, 17, 21 rebound games against Boston mm-hmm. where I want to throw my head through a wall and, and you know, yeah. basically want to sl- die a slow death. Um, what, now, this, we're, now we're going to get into some fun stuff. What is your favorite Celtics hot take so far this season? Because five games, obviously leads to a lot of Celtics hot takes because I know mine. Mine actually was unearthed on Friday morning by everybody's favorite uh, talking head, Nick Wright, where he was like, where he was like, did you see Did you see everybody Kyrie had the ball and then Brad called timeout and they drew up and play for Marcus Morris. This is not going to work. I'm like, oh, my goodness. This is just really what we're going to do every single day. No wonder why Kyrie hates you clowns. Like, this is just ridiculous. Look, just because Brad called timeout to draw up a play, you know why? He had Kyrie have the ball just to see what Oklahoma City would do. This is what Brad does all the time. He called a timeout late in the game. It was like whatever seconds left. It was like 16 or 12 or how many seconds left, 13, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there, where literally they ran a play, quote-unquote, out of bounds underneath Oklahoma City's basket, and it was literally just to see how Oklahoma City would handle the switch. And then yeah. Brad called a timeout and then diagrammed the real play. This is mm-hmm. what they do all the time. But you have clowns uh, that go on these big platforms and talk about how Kyrie's already going to be pissed five games of the season because Brad's drawing up plays for yeah. markets More. Like what are we doing, Sam? What are we no, doing? No, no, I, I, I. I... Well, first of all, I think it was
0: you know Brad Stevens should not have left his burn book out where Nick Wright could get at it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was like I thought he should not have left it out where he drew little devil horns and pen over Kyrie Irving and said uh, I love how he just wears anything. Like I, I, I Brad shouldn't have done that, and right. you know I, I think I think Nick Wright is uh, right, right to call him out on that. I mean, <laughs> to, to get serious, like I, I, I don't know that's like not even I don't even really kind of consider (laughs) any of that stuff that's not like that's just like a a take that's not really even like rooted in fact you know what I'm saying I think that the takes well something uh, if if we want a hot take of my own and I don't even know this might even be a nice cold take I I, I mean Marcus Morris has been the most consistent at Celtic (laughs) early in the season that's not even Uh,
1: that's not even a hot take that's just a fact like he's he's been unbelievably clutch when the Celtics needed a boost and every one of these games, like, Morris has usually been the guy that's given it to him. And you yeah, go I, back to that OKC game, he gets the, the, you know, the go-ahead bucket last night to win the game, right. basically. Like, that was not shocking to me at all in the slightest. And then you hear about how afterwards, how he's taking that Paul George commercial very personally. And you're like, oh, no yeah. wonder why he wanted to bury the, the Thunder. He was, you know, basically yeah. cu- singled out in a Gatorade commercial.
0: Yeah, well, and, and just, you know, even on top of that, even before, you know— you know, Al Horford poured gasoline on himself and you know hit nine hit those three threes and blocked Stephen Adams and kind of set the game back on track. You know, when Marcus Morris came into the game, things were looking bad. And I was relieved to see Marcus Morris. and I tweeted this. I was like, man, like we've hit a point where I'm looking for Marcus Morris to come in and you know kind of set a tone in terms of shot selection. That's how much things have changed, that Marcus Morris, you know, a former Carmelo Anthony-style gunner, is now, you know, kind of this guy who's taking the right shots and, you know, has just become such a consistent uh, player. You know, he he deserves so much credit and I, you know, I owe him a big apology because I was, I was pretty down on him uh, early in the year last year and he's just – he's really been – one of the most solid bench players for the Celtics, and you know he's still, you know, one of the while Gordon Hayward's working his way back from this, um, he's been one of the Celtics, you know, most consistent contributors. One point
1: four think, seven points per possession or points per shot. One point four eight. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. This is <laughs> that. That's senior. That that's 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 Flastad right there. That's right. another Hebert of Riff's nickname. The, the Flastad. You know, he's uh, he'll drive you to practice. Ask you to start a cigarette for him while he's got his other one going. That's and that's kind of just you know the badass mentality that Marcus Morris brings to the game.
1: You know, is Marcus he's Morris take basically care is is Morris basically Denzel Washington from He Got Game but not in prison? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, i mean, better. Right. <laughs> I Made it the more NBA. More badass. Yes. One final break to tell you. Today's show is brought to you by 1 in 100. I'll be honest with you guys. I I had to look this up to figure out what this is. So what is 1 in 100? Well, let's say the series, World Series, comes back to Fenway Park and you want to go to the game, right? It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. The Sox are going for their fourth World Series in 14 years, which is absolutely ridiculous. And guess what? Tickets are going to be absolutely insane if this series gets back to Boston. Hilariously expensive. Do you want a more affordable way to go to the game? Well, give 1in100 1 a shot. All you got to do is log on to 1in100.co. 1 That's O-N-E-I-N, the number 100, dot- CEO. then click on the game you want to go to, buy a raffle ticket to that game for your chance to win a pair of tickets, okay? The price of your raffle ticket is just 1 100th one of the price of what 1 in 100 paid for the ticket. Still confused? Because it didn't confuse me for a minute. Let's say 1 in 100 paid $1,000 for the pair of tickets. Your cost of raffle ticket is just 10 bucks. You pick a number, drawing happens, only a 100 people get to buy a raffle ticket. You have a 1 in 100 chance to win the tickets. It's really just that simple. It's the newest way. It's the best way to buy tickets to sporting events to potentially score some tickets. It's just a small fraction of the actual ticket price. Score a pair of tickets to the World Series for, like, what? 40 bucks, 50 bucks. That's pretty reasonable, folks, especially because the seats are dope, okay? Your first raffle ticket is free unless you're going to the World Series. After signing up, just log on to 1, that's O-N-E, in in the number one hundred, that's one zero zero dot co. Feel lucky? Give it a shot today. <laughs> all right, la- last one here, Sean. Um yep. You and I have kind of talked about this like off air in various different forms. Mm-hmm. But at what point do we just go all out with the Jason Tatum the best player on the roster? Hot take because I know it's only five games, but I and, and I know Morris has been fantastic, but Tatum has been just on a different planet. to – yeah. I guess we talked about Kyrie not looking like he's in shape totally right away, and obviously Gordon's got to battle his way back from a couple of different things. The, the, Tatum has not looked like he's slowed down at all whatsoever. He's with all the even with the shots he's taking that we like we'll pull our hair out about it, but he's still just absolutely unbelievably talented. And now it's to a point where the confidence is through the roof because he was scoring twenty a game in the playoffs. Now he's doing it in the regular season and you're like wow this kid is only 20 years old this is going to get really really special very very quick.
0: Yeah, I mean he's uh, I mean he's still you know pretty clearly been you know one of the Celtics like big leaders. Um I want to see I I have these numbers here. I'm pretty sure um I'm just double checking this Um, Not quite. It's Terry Rozier. But, yeah, he's he's one of the plus-minus leaders even in spite of, you know, my whining about, um, you know, the shots that he's taken. Um, You know, so he's clearly making an impact. This is an incredibly small sample size. I I hate using plus-minus in like, you know, smaller smaller than a half season. It it doesn't do much. But it's very, very useful in bigger sample sizes. But right now, as of now, um, you know, worth keeping an eye on. He's, you know – second on the team, but only behind Terry Rozier in the plus minus. And I think that that's, you know, that's big and impactful. Now I think part of that has been the, you know, starters to be kind about it are just playing like doo-doo. Like I I can't, I can't think of a nicer way to say it. Um, So for him to do that, You know, um, you know, along all these other guys like you know, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are actually at the bottom of the team in plus minus right now because both those guys. And I think it's pretty clear, at least to me, that those guys are not right right now. Um, they're both coming back. Um, and I think as they get stronger, you know, we're we're gonna see you know the plus minus of the starters kind of creep its way back up. But um, you you know, I still think Al Horford is probably the best and most important player on this team. Um, I think you got to kind of define it. I think if if Al Horford went down with injury for an extended period of time, I think the Celtics would really be in trouble and quickly find themselves um, with no shot of of getting home court, um, you you know, versus the Warriors, which I think has got to be kind of one of the goals um, for this season, you know, of the regular season, is you definitely want to have home court for a possible finals matchup, you know, just if you have championship aspirations. Mm -hmm. And... Like you know, if Al Horford were to go down for an extended period of time, I just don't think that. Um, I love Daniel Tice. Um, Aaron Baynes has been excellent, but I just think that that what Al Horford brings is so irreplaceable. Um, just his anchoring of you know the Celtics defense. We've seen his impact time and time again. And you know, even though Jason Tatum has been you know, sort of on fire with his scoring and some of the other stuff that he does. I think that when you know, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are eventually going to get back to a level where that maybe isn't something the Celtics are hurting for quite as badly as they are now um, in a time when they're just really hurting for offense at all times. But, you know, it's certainly looking good for for Jason Tatum. I do not want to like um, they're, you know, It is the East, but I think that if I were Jason Tatum, one of my goals would be an All Star game, and I think that you know he's sort of sniffing around the outside of that.
1: I think he's firmly in the conversation through five games. I think he's you know there's so many wings that are absolutely disgusting in the East, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure if you count Depot as a guard or a wing. He's just a good player, but Mm -hmm. there with all the wings in the in the Eastern Conference, like Tatum is on the short list of guys that are just that make you drop your jaw every night. And you go back to you know he's you know, dunking all over Paul George and he's got all these moves and he's getting to the basket, he's slippery as hell. He has great handle. He like it seems to me he's really attacking guys. I mean, really going after guys in one on one ISO situations, which is something that is a little scary, like just in terms of like they're doing it too much, but because the offense has been so stagnant, they've had to rely on him heavily in ISO situations and he's come up big for the most part. So hopefully that evens itself out. That being said, to have this much confidence in your game in your second year as a pro, uh you taking a team that has title aspirations here and be like, you know what? No, get on my back for a while. We're we're still figuring our stuff out, but give me the ball, clear out. I mean, how many clear outs have we seen for Tatum so far this season? I just feel like it's ha- it happens like three or four times a game where they do a pick and roll he backs it out gets tells everybody out of the way and goes after that player i mean they did a, he did it against mb the first game of the year and it really made my night oh that was that was that so was great wonderful yeah.
0: oh man there was there was a lot of good. So I, you know, I felt bad for Embiid by the end of that that night. Well, that the was...
1: Celtics took different different play. They did like four different guys went at Embiid that night, just with reckless okay. abandon, and just trying to posterize him all night. It,
0: rough, rough start to the year for Jalen Brown, but you know he did um, in midair calculate, um, you know, using advanced trigonometry the way to uh, bank home a slam dunk. Um, using quick mathematics after he left off so that was pretty impressive He
1: probably because at Harvard you know he was at Harvard for a little bit you know gave, he was well, giving lectures at Harvard so you gotta right. have some sort of Well that, that's that, that's
0: what it was he was combining math with psychology because he understood that you know to fully embrace nihilism and to totally destroy his opponent he would need to prove to him that um he, you know that this was inevitable that even even by Embiid playing it the perfect way and actually sort of blocking the dunk, it would still go in. So there there was nothing that he could do, showing him, you know, just how futile the world is and really just breaking him. Uh, You know, Jalen Brown has ended the 76ers um, season already. So that's my hot take. Yeah. He broke broke them with nihilism and trigonometry with that Embiid dunk. Embiid is, uh, Werner Herzog would say that uh, Embiid is is a shell of a man now.
1: That's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that'll that'll uh that'll wrap it up here with me and she and I want to appreciate all you guys for uh, tuning in for uh for Sam and I just kind of shooting it for a little bit and uh just because look it's been a frustrating beginning of the part of the year I understand that the Celtics are three and two and I think everybody expected them to roll off five wins in a row but that being said they've they've you know they've there's some things they need to work on yet they've been competitive a lot of the time except for that Orlando game which was weird um and they've and they've they're, they're gonna get better everybody relax and it's gonna be fine right. all right all right well sam p- thanks for jumping on me and i appreciate the time i uh, will talk to you soon buddy all right actually thanks. plug your stuff what are you what are you doing what are you doing right
0: um now? Uh, you can uh you know catch me uh, you know uh right now on uh celtics blog um uh, we're getting ready to uh getting ready i think a uh, li- little bit later on there's a, a pod to be named later um that i'm gonna be a, a part of that's gonna be uh checking it out you can follow me uh at Sam Sheehan And I'll uh, and I'll tweet that stuff out when I get there But uh, you know mostly just uh, Look for me on Celtics blog And you know do me a favor and check out um, You know the work of um, Tom Westerholm um, I think he's uh, Tom NBA, Tom from Mass Live uh, And Hubert of Riffs uh, That wonderful Robert Williams piece awesome. you, will, you will not be disappointed no, Definitely that great. check that
1: out <laughs> I love the line it was like You might get a concussion from me trying to explain this to you Over the phone <laughs> <laughs> so i had to do it in an email <laughs> that, was, that was like my favorite line of the whole piece <laughs> that was so great uh, classic hebert so classic so riffs man definitely check it out all right well yeah. for, with that thanks sam i appreciate the time buddy yeah take care And that will do it for this episode of Celtics Beat here on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio video coverage of your Boston Celtics. Adam Kaufman should be back next week. He's out in LA, covering the World Series for WBZ. He's actually been doing some stuff for CLNS Media out there as well with Traggs. So make sure you follow Trag's Kaufman, everybody out in LA for the World Series on our our YouTube page on CLNS Media's YouTube page. Check that out. Subscribe to that. To the 18,000 of you that do, you guys friggin' rule. I love you guys so much. Uh, a couple of thank yous to hand out. First, Sam Sheena for joining me here today. Our sponsors, DraftKings, 1 in 100, Robin Hood, all those for making this show possible. Nick Gelso, our CEO. Uh, we'll shout out to Larry H. Russell. John Zanis, of course, helping us out throughout the week. And most importantly, thank you to you guys because you guys continue to be the greatest audience in the history of audiences. I love you guys so much. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Another edition of Celtics Beat. Hey, Cheeto. let's get out of here.